Moncrief on News Talk. Alice. Jack? <laughs> yes. Hi. <laughs> well, your picture didn't lie. Yours is an understatement. Well, that's on purpose. What will you have to drink? McAllen. So who are you, Jack? Who am I? Are you nervous? A little. Aren't you? Why don't I concretize the question? What do you do? Thank you. I am a biomedical researcher. What do you research? Right now, Hashimoto's disease. Why? Why? Do you have Hashimoto's disease? No. Does anyone you know have Hashimoto's disease? No. Then why for the glory of perhaps one day curing Hashimoto's disease? Not for the glory, no. Uh, curing it will help people. But it won't help you? Not directly, no, but... Or anyone you know? No, but... You're a crusader. I wouldn't say that. You should, because it's really adorable. That's Alison Jack. You can stream the entire series now from uh, all four. Uh, James Dempsey joins us once again. Afternoon, James. Afternoon, Sean. So this is a case of you're waiting for one rom-com to come along and then get this, <laughs> and, and one day as well, almost in the same week. Uh, do they compare? And do they compare to each other at all? They are kind of similar in tone and vibe, right? Now, there's uh, some stark differences. So one day is about this like young couple and then we follow them for 20 years and they are Dorian Gray and don't age. And then Alice and Jack, instead, we find them kind of on a, not quite a one night stand, but a, shall we say a, a casual hookup that becomes a 15-year-long toxic relationship in which everything, just uh, their lives get completely destroyed by each other and we're supposed to find this very cute and charming. And uh, what I will say going forward is there is real chemistry between its leads, right? So we have Andrea Riseborough and Donald Beeson who starred together in 2010's Never Let Me Go. Uh, and I will say of Andrea Riseborough, you know, she got a kind of surprise Oscar nomination last year but through hustling and figuring out a way to kind of game the system. But she is an excellent actress and whatever she's in, she is brilliant. And in this, both she and Donald Gleeson are very, very, very charming. She's obviously Alice. He's Jack. They meet. They have this night of uh, flirting, which we heard in the clip, followed by, I guess, uh, more physical flirting. And then they spend the next kind of 15 years in and out of each other's orbit but completely and utterly uh, in love with each other. But can they make it work? Will they make it work? Is this is this show working? I can't quite figure it out, right? <laughs> like all in, all in, it gets increasingly overly sentimental and a little trite. And I absolutely hated the plot. I found the plot really ridiculous, silly, uh, unrealistic. There's kind of this big reveal in the second episode. So where we find them kind of in the second episode, um, Donald Gleeson's Jack is now married to Ashling B's Lynn and had has had a baby with her. This is not a spoiler. It happens all very, very quickly in the second mm -hmm. episode. And this event happens whereby Alice reappears in his life, which is kind of a seemingly like it's, it's a little ridiculous to begin with. And then sort of what the, the, the follow on through of that, which I do think would constitute a spoiler is like so ridiculous that it like you know I, I honestly couldn't believe what I was seeing as a, a plotting device it's written by this man named Victor Levin who is like a you know a long uh, long 
decorated um, a writer who's written many, many things. He's worked on Saturday Night Live. He most recently made a show called Heels, which was a, dra- like a drama about um, wrestling. I think it was just cancelled. And But his biggest hit is probably Mad About You, the 90s sitcom with Paul Reiser and Helen Hunt. And I just thought, like, you know, and you know, they brought in these um, very avant-garde, uh, arty directors, um, and it all looks very stylish. But like I was watching it going, this seems like a play that they've turned into six hours of drama and it's six hours of will they, won't they. But while you're watching it, you're going, should they? (laughs) Because, because, um, you know, the relationship that they have with each other, like I described it as toxic and it's not sort of venomous to each other, but it just ruins the orbit. Anyone who's in their orbit, their lives are ruined by this kind of romance between the pair of them. And as time went on, and more uh, characters are brought into the fray and, you know, and, and they're going, ah, Jack, don't do this. Oh, Alice, are you sure? And it's sort of like, oh, there's still three episodes to go. Right. Oh, what's <laughs> going to happen here? So like all in, I found it a very confusing romantic drama. By the end, when the end came, I thought merciful relief. <laughs> this is just what these characters deserved. And if people make it to the end, um, they may be surprised by what that actually turns out to be. <laughs> right. Okay. But really, it doesn't sound like you'd get past the first episode. Look, as I said, right, I I thought the charm and uh, chemistry between them was very, very electric. It was like when I was talking about one day uh, a week ago or two weeks ago, whenever that was, um, what struck me most about that was, you know, I've seen that version of that story, right? Uh, A pair meet and then we follow them on through time. And I've seen it done better ways before. This is similar, right? Like it doesn't have the conceit of one day where we're meeting them on St. Swithin's Day every single year, which I find increasingly ridiculous, to be honest with you. But here, you know, we meet them. They have a kind of, uh, they have kind of, you know, before sunset, before midnight, walk around London talking and having this kind of uh, great back and forth between the pair of them. And then a title card will come up and go 18 months later and, uh, <laughs> and then we go through the whole thing again. Right? So I just found it a bit circuitous and it didn't land the emotional punches for me that I was trying to. But I like them as a pair. And I think uh, Andrea Riseborough particularly gets less to work with here. Her Alice is sort of a less fully fleshed out person um, and less believable as a person, whereas Donald Gleeson is really just nice and likable and funny and charming. And you kind of get him, whereas Alice is a bit more kind of hard to put your finger on. Yeah. How, and, and Ashing B has a kind of supporting role in this as kind of the maybe cockolded wife. So here's the thing, right? Like I was watching this and Ashing B, she steals the scene she's in. She gets kind of one major episode and then a few kind of scenes later on throughout the series. And I kind of underestimate her as an actress. I really love This Way Up, the sitcom that she created mm. for Channel 4. And it doesn't look like a season three is coming for that. To, you know, to, to, to great shame, I think it is 12 episodes of really, really funny and interesting sitcom work. And here she is a really good actress, right? Her, her Lynn is this wife who ends up with Jack for reasons I won't go into because they definitely will be spoilers. But like there's uh, she's she's like she's much more kind of fleshed out in the one episode she gets than we get of Alice across the I think the six episodes of the show that we get for her. Like we learn immediately who Lynn is. She's funny. She has these wry one liners that sort of come out. And she, you know, I I actually think of all of them, Ashley B is the one to watch, uh, you know, in, in the season. 
Right. OK, well, we'll move on to our uh, second show of the day. If you thought Alison Jack was bad, this is uh, uh, that's a check off <laughs> by comparison to what's coming next. Uh, it's called This Is Me Now. You can stream on Amazon Prime Video. Here's a clip. So that's when the dream started, you think, with that heartbreak? Yeah, I think so. I had never felt anything like that before. Honestly, I thought I was going to die. These dreams, though, hearts, flowers, hummingbirds, zodiac fantasies. You're such a Taurus. What sign is your wife? We're not here to talk about me. Come on. Leo. <laughs> you guys fight a lot, right? Let's get back to you. What about the new guy? Well, my friend Mike hates him. The cynic? People don't fall in love like that. Her heart just got crushed. Next. And what if this guy's the one? Not gonna lie, this new Call guy with is... the in the fairy tales. Maybe your friends are just trying to protect you. What do you think? Right, so is it about Jennifer Lopez or is it about some sort of fictional version of Jennifer Lopez or what the hell is it? So it is... And I don't mean this as a criticism, but it's going to come across that way. It is a $20 million vanity project for J-Lo, right? Now, the thing is, she put her own $20 million into the production of this. And it is a, it's a tripartite, tripartite release of her new album, right? So I think 20 years ago, she had an album called This Is Me Then. Now she has This Is Me Now. And it's about her kind of last, I guess, the last 20 years of her life between the Benefer stage and then her various marriages uh, and then her, you know, uh, uh, success. Like she was robbed an Oscar nomination a couple of years ago. She is the best thing in Hustlers. And it was a real snub when it happened. And then she got the, the Super Bowl, but she had to share that with Shakira. There's a very interesting documentary on Netflix, I think, about that as well. And it's all she decided that she wanted after getting back with Ben Affleck and marrying him in 2022, she wanted to create this new album and also create a visual album with that. She poured 20 million of her own dollars into it because her other financial backers actually pulled out kind of at the last minute. A lot of people pulled out of it. Um, kind of a big one uh, was she, you know, she asked all these celebrities to appear in it, and many of them do. I mean, you have Post Malone, Trevor Noah, Jane Fonda, Kim Petras, Kiki Palmer, Neil deGrasse Tyson, Sofia Vergara playing different uh, zodiac signs. And, um, <laughs> um, <laughs> But she also asked various Kardashians and uh, they didn't want to appear in it at all. Mm. Uh, and and what we get here is a visual album, right? Now, like uh, before Lemonade from Beyonce, I didn't really know what a visual album was. And then Lemonade came out and it was this like very culturally defining moment, particularly for Beyonce. It was this kind of evolution in her style from uh, like, shall we say, pop star to kind of mega star and something, a pop star with like a, with something to say. Right. And here instead we get like the way, I, you know, it, it's 65 minutes long. It's a number of the songs from the album pieced together into different vignettes. And we have J-Lo uh, then interspersed with dialogue and, and, a, and a through line throughout. And what we get is her talking about, let's say, her addiction to romance and love. But I can't quite sure if she's honestly saying she's addicted to romance and love, because at one point she does go to kind of uh, Romantics Anonymous but then just sort of dances her way out of it and says, ah, I'm cured. <laughs> and like it has this um, very heavy, you know, like it, there's no subtlety here, right? Like it opens with, 
this very dramatic motorcycle crash, which is about, you know, where Ben Affleck is driving the motorcycle. And then it goes into this um, heart factory where uh, a massive mechanized steampunk heart is about to explode and she and the women in the factory have to fix it. And it moves on through all these various kind of heavy handed tropes. And when you're watching it, the thing I was most actually uh, reminded of is a Zack Snyder movie, right? You know, the the, the director of like various um, uh, superhero type things, mm. uh, like that kind of visual style. It's all clearly shot on on CGI and green screen. What you cannot fault is J-Lo as a performer, right? Like she can dance, she can hoof it like a pro and she can sing. And I mean, well, I mean, she can sing in a recording studio and then she can lip sync into the track definitely back in the show. And like, if you want five music videos put together, you're going to get pretty enjoyable music videos. But as a narrative through line here, it's a strange show that I'm not quite sure actually what it was trying to say. Like, a lot of it is given over to this idea of her returning back to the Bronx uh, and meeting her old friends. But her friends are paid, played by like 20, 30 year olds. And she is a 54 year old woman. And <laughs> like, listen, I'm going to be 54 someday, too. And maybe I will have 30 year old friends at that point, but they won't be my best friends for life that I'm putting on a 20 million dollars project. Right. Mm. Like for me, the sincerity of it didn't quite ring through. <laughs> mm. Yeah. And, and Beflex, Ben Affleck's character is called Rex Stone. Yeah, he plays a kind of like Fox News, Fox News style Trump esque talking head who we see for only kind of one scene and then right at the very end. But, um, but the thing I actually like the very most about it is right at the very, very, very end of it, you have a post credit scene, which is an outtake involving a wedding scene and uh, putting cake in JLo's face. And right there, she seems honest and truthful and to be having the time of her life. So look, I don't begrudge her. Uh, why would I begrudge her spending 20 million of her own dollars to make this project? But it is a vanity project. And like when you compare it to something like Lemonade, which is an obvious comparison, it just doesn't have anything interesting to say. Yeah. That probably won't do her any favors then if she, you know, she keeps depicting herself as kind of a kind of cheap version of Beyonce. Yeah. I, but, but I will say when she sold this then to Amazon, who did buy it ultimately off her, the condition was the third part of this, in addition to the album and the visual album, would be a tell-all documentary about her and, and well, about Benefer 2.0, which is coming, I think, at the end of this week. So if you're really, you know, if this, uh, you know, put, watch this space. Yeah, <laughs> that'll get the eyeballs. That'll get the eyeballs. <laughs> right, our third show of the day is Bargain. You can stream the whole series now on uh, Paramount+. Plus. Here's a clip. What do we do about this? <sighs> I'll handle it. How are you going to do that? Do as I say, unless you want to get your head shaved again. Let's say he's a real police officer then. You want to apologize and let him go? I don't hear Of course not. But what if the boss finds out? Is the auction still on? You just need to keep your mouth shut, got it? Continue the auction right away. Okay, let's continue. Sorry about that, everyone. We'll continue the auction now. Let's start the bidding at 100,000, the winning bid for Kidney A. I know the mood here is a bit tense at the moment. So how about we try to lighten it up a bit with this next bid? Okay, okay. 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 Thank you so much. No. The starting bid is 100,000. 132,500! We got 132,500. Anyone else? Damn it. Oh. He's got it. If there are no more bids, the good son wins oh! the auction. Oh! Right, so this is this is Korean, is it, James? 
This is Korean, and it is a show that kind of missed my view in 2023. Um, so I'm now kind of catching up with it because it was extremely well reviewed, and I was looking for something, and I thought, yes, now is the time. And obviously, when Squid Game came out, I think 2021, probably at this point, it was like a surprise global hit immediately within its first week. And it worked really well because it was interesting. It was incredibly violent. The sets were weird and creepy, but but like very visually attractive. And it had a good, easy to follow storyline about like corruption and, and guilt. And yes, terrible English voice or uh, English speaking actors uh, playing rich people. And here, like and now, obviously, every streamer is sort of going, well, we need to make the next Squid Game. And this is Paramount's version of that. Now, they ultimately bought it from a Korean uh, streamer itself. But what I liked about it was if if um, Squid Game gets a little bit bloated, you know, the episodes are long, there are a lot of them. This is really brief, you know, and, and take your breath away stuff, right? So what we heard in the clip there uh, was an auction taking place. And what we get in our opening scene is our lead actress, uh, uh, Park Joo-young. Uh, she is, you know, uh, what we understand, like a, a sex worker who is uh, making a deal with a, a client. Uh, but it quickly turns out that it's actually part of a, a um, organ trafficking scam and he is suddenly on auction. And if that weren't, you know, a quick turnaround within the first episode, right at the very end, which we heard also in the clip, a massive earthquake comes and destroys the hotel that they're all in. So then we have our three heroes, uh, which are the product, the uh, you know the the gentleman who's for sale, the woman who is trying to sell him, and his purchaser trying to get out of this collapsed hotel while hmm. facing off various forces. And all of that has taken place within thirty five minutes. There are six thirty five minute parts. So while the p- characters are a little paper thin, there's not enough time for that to wear, right? Because like something is always happening. The sets are interesting. The action is shocking. And you don't know who to root for because they're all kind of bad people. Yeah. So I just I just thought it was a very odd, mercurial, interesting Korean drama. Now, big warning. Obviously, the clip that we heard is, uh, obviously, I don't know how big your Korean audience is. So I took the dubbed Off version. Off the charts, the- James. <laughs> <laughs> and the default the default version on Paramount is the dubbed version and like you know they could put it put they could put a bit more polish on the they could put a JLo vanity project uh you know uh budget into the into the dubbing and it would still be terrible mm. my recommendation would be to watch it in the in the original version with subtitles but like it is a really um it's a show that will that has completely gotten under my skin and I'm absolutely enthralled by it. Okay, good to have a good to have a good one. Those three uh, shows are Alison Jack. You can stream the entire series now on E4. This is me now. You can stream now on Amazon Prime Video and Bargain. You can stream the entire series on Paramount Plus. James Dempsey, thanks a million. Thank you. Moncrief weekdays at two p.m. on News Talk.